Hello and welcome to Phillies Talk Podcast. The intro is a little bonus material. I had a little problem recording the show, but I hope you like it. It's the first Phillies trip to the Diamond for 2021. Ah, there you are. You Rich are is using man. a device that could record or broadcast this call. Yeah, you are the man. I just put you up on the screen. Well, I'm a man. I'm up on <laughs> the man. Like uh, Harry said, the man. Chase Utley, you are the man. All right, cool. Cool. Now, this didn't work before that. All right. Now it does. All right. All right, and it says we're we're streaming somewhere onto Facebook. So we'll trust that it's going out somewhere. Um... All right, now I'm going to hit this button to record. You almost ready? I'm ready. Not even you are. All right, here we go. I'm going to hit this button here. All right. It's time for Phillies Talk Podcast, the longest-running independent show talking about the Philadelphia Phillies. Opening day for spring training 2021. And hello, my name is Rich Baxter. Joining me this week, as usual, Mr. Matt Vesey. How are you, Matt? Hey, Rich. Good afternoon. How are you? All right, all right. Uh, we have something to be really happy about today. The Fighting Phillies are back on a diamond, and they're back playing baseball. Celebrate good times. Come on. <laughs> it's uh, Here in Philly, it's a uh, rainy, pouring rain. I was out uh, making a few runs earlier, 42 degrees. It's a uh, chilly a uh, cold, rainy day here in Philly, but from Lakeland, Florida, in Central Florida, where the Phillies are playing the Detroit Tigers, I heard the broadcasters earlier mention that it was 85 and sunny there, so twice as warm in Lakeland, Florida, as it is here in Philadelphia. So uh, spring is in the air, at least down there in Florida. Yeah, I was hoping we would get some of those uh, southern trade winds up here today, but no dice, as you said, sort of overcast, rainy miserably, you know, typical February type of day out there for us. But uh, baseball's back, so to speak, not being broadcast today in the Philadelphia market, but um, it's on MLB.com. And uh, let's take a yeah, look at Yeah, if you have that. the MLB audio, which... Uh... He did have a double today. He had a, a nice sliding catch in the outfielder. He's a nice little player, Moniac. I don't think you know, he's never going to be a star, but if he ends up, you know, for the Phillies being a, a serviceable, say, sixth outfielder, or, you know, maybe he can develop into a, you know, a fourth or fifth outfielder. And that's something. It's better than nothing. But, he, you know, he's a nice little player, is what he is. He, he, right now, he's at that backup level, uh, unless or until he can differently but again you know like you said he had a hit today he had a double and nice slide and catch in the outfielder so the mick is off and running yeah uh adam hazley starting in center field vying to be the starter actually 
hit a home run, leadoff home run on Sunday here, first uh, day of spring training. So that's a way to impress the boss a little bit. Sure. And I, a good thing about that for me was he does it off a, a legit major league you know, pitcher. Alexander has some uh, innings under his belt in the big leagues, and it was against a left-hander. So, you know, Hazley, for my money, he's a first-round draft pick. I believe I believe he was something like sixth overall, Rich, or seventh overall. And that you know, he's got a couple of uh, overall, if you want to count the at-bats, not much more than a cup of coffee so far in the big leagues. It's, if, you know, it, it, I think, can, especially considering the firepower around him in this offense uh, for the Phillies, I think it's time to see what they have in Adam Hazley on an everyday basis. He homered on the second pitch of the game today off a left-hander, and you have to give the guy a chance to face left-handers every once in a while. So uh, certainly encouraging to see. It's early, obviously, first game of the year, but a uh, good start for Adam Hazley. Yeah, and as you said at the start of the show here, I keep forgetting about the MLB, um, the radio offering that they do through MLB. That's a, always a good tip for people, uh, especially you can listen to it on your phone or, you know, it's very portable, as well as the MLB.tv. I think they're giving a free seven-day trial to that. You have to put a credit card in and cancel before your seventh day, but... Um, Right there, you can uh, check out some preseason baseball and some broadcasts if you want. Stay on for the whole season. But, uh, yeah, I'm a little more excited this year, naturally, than last year. Uh, there was a lot of question marks last year, if we remember correctly. Um, well, at this time there wasn't, but maybe a couple weeks from now, the last time there was. But uh, I, I've... It's rekindled the fire in me for baseball a little bit. As it should, you know, spring training has started. Uh, pitchers and catchers have been here now for almost two weeks. Uh, the position players came in this week. Uh, a couple of the guys were late you know, due to COVID protocols or personal situations, but all the important big guns are here now. Everybody's checked out and, you know, they're in their first game today. Uh, tomorrow, Aaron Nola gets to start in the first game at Clearwater. Contribution there. Uh, Moniak had the double. Phillies only have four hits so far today. But, but again, it's, it's a lineup that's littered with backups or guys who are trying to <clears throat> make an impression who will at best probably end up either as deep substitutes on another team's roster or will end up down at AAA this year. Uh, they went with Jeff Mathis at catcher, bat and cleanup. Mathis is a veteran <clears throat> catcher. He, he possibly could make this roster. You know, the Phillies didn't really run out anybody who fans have to be concerned about too much here. It was, I guess it's good that Kingery and Bohm uh, got three plate appearances under their back, got to see some pitching. Uh, didn't do anything with it on this afternoon, but we, we got a long way to go. And 
uh, fans will see the team at Clearwater tomorrow. I think there'll be something like 2,000 or or so fans allowed in the ballpark. Uh, that's what the Tigers had today. And uh, the Tigers are pretty much sold out for their entire spring training since there's only 2,000 fans are going to be allowed into the ballpark. Uh, I would imagine that the Phillies are the same. So Clearwater, we're open tomorrow. It's a brand new name for the ballpark down there. I'll have to get that. Uh, mention that to fans in a little bit, but uh, no more Spectrum Field. year so uh gone is the bright house field and you know bright house network or whatever it was a long time ago but uh sign of the times a lot of stadiums uh, getting more money for naming rights and different companies stepping up to the plate i think one of the major league baseball teams uh, milwaukee i believe maybe um changing its name this year did a podcast earlier today with my buddy Gary Mack, who let me know about that. Uh, Miller Park, no more. It's now named American Family uh, Ballpark after an insurance company. So, you know, we had never heard of that before in this area. So uh, interesting the way these stadiums are taking up different names. It adds a different dimension to uh, to what's going on there. Yeah, most of the big league ballparks end up with, you know, 25, 30-year ballpark naming rights. I believe Citizens Bank Park was a, may have been a 30-year, you know, naming deal. So, you know, unless there's an extension that I'm not privy to, they'll have that name for at least the next, you know, a little more than a decade. Uh, the minor league, uh, especially the spring training venues, they end up uh, end up getting something like usually like five-year deals so um yeah it's bake i think you're right there bay bay care ballpark named after a, a health you know facility health operation uh, so same ballpark uh still a beautiful ballpark down there whether fans remember it as bright heart um, bright house network fields or spectrum fields uh beautiful ballpark we still have the tiki bar out there in left field so if, if fans are going down there this year i'm sure it's a lot more uh, limited you know crowds in be like a, a vicious black market going on with uh, base, <laughs> baseball fans uh, pitting against one another for uh, tickets this year. Well, you're, you're giving me some news there, Rich, because I, I had a busy day today. I really haven't had a lot of chance to do much. I was on the road 
for a little bit of the day. So I was listening to the game on the on the MTV audio on my phone while I was driving around. But uh, so you're hearing something about 30 percent. I hadn't heard that. The last I had heard was, you know, the outdoor venues were still 2,500 people in Pennsylvania. So you're hearing something different now? Well, unless, of course, there's, um, you know, locality uh, issues as far as fans uh, being allowed in a certain area. Um, that's what it was generally circulated. They'd like to see up to 30%, but yeah, I guess we're going to have to check the well, local. I mean, you're saying they'd like to see, I mean, what does that mean? They'd lose they, and in other words, where's that coming um, from on a podcast I did earlier today? Um, the great Gary Mack brought that up. 30% is what, you know, the MLB would like to see as far as, um, attendance figures. Now no, MLB would like to see that. Yeah, you know, I understand that. Right now, we're not there. The 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 the, the law in Pennsylvania at this point, uh, restrictions put out by the health department are twenty five hundred fans maximum, and so that's what Philadelphia is going with. Uh, they just up their outdoor limits to twenty five hundred for you know outdoor activities this past week. But you know both uh, I think it was twenty five hundred for outdoor, five hundred for indoor. And both the Flyers and Sixers, they're just not going to be able to have fans under those levels because it takes about 500 people just to run game day operations for the Flyers and Sixers at the at the center down there. So, uh, you know, between the teams, the, the officials, the broadcasting, the meet press and media, and then the actual people who they would have to have staff the facility to have fans in there that comes to you know, 500. So you're not going to see people as long, until those restrictions or those limits are raised by the Commonwealth. Oh. You're not going to see fans at Flyers or Sixers games and the Phillies at 2,500 for the outdoors. They're a little bit better off, but uh, you're still probably, you know, probably two thirds of that, uh, maybe the number of fans at this point it's the same restrictions as far as having to have the teams the broadcasters the officials you know umpire and crews the uh, grounds crew uh, people that you would have to have in the media the press uh, people you would have to have in the ballpark to facilitate fan operations, people to run and keep clean the restrooms. Uh, are you going to have any concessions open? So, you know, once you factor in all that stuff and it eats into your 2,500 maximum people, they all, all those people count towards that maximum. Wow. So uh, I've seen speculation that the Phillies might be able to have uh, something like 1,200 fans in attendance at a game. Now, you're also going to have family members of the teams that are going to want to be there. And you figure each team has, you know, say 30 players, you know, roughly between the, the regular players and, you know, some, some, you know, triple A guys who are going to be back and forth. So, you know, how many family members are they going to want to have? So I, I think that will be, you know, and the thing to keep an eye on is over the, in the coming weeks is will Pennsylvania raise those limits on outdoor numbers of fans that are allowed to attend at outdoor venues. And if Pennsylvania should raise those numbers, and I think there's a chance that they'll do that 
especially if these COVID numbers continue to go down. We've got a, a third vaccine now that's been approved. The Johnson & Johnson vaccine is a one-shot deal. Uh, they're, they're expecting a lot of uh, shipments of that vaccine to begin rolling out in this coming week. So I think each week you're going to see an improvement in the, a slow but steady improvement in the numbers. Uh, you're already seeing it in the numbers of, you know, fatalities and the number of illnesses and the number of hospitalizations. So hopefully as those numbers continue to go down, the number of people who get vaccinated continues to go up. Uh, they see these trends. I think what you'll see is a slow progression of uh, the, an increase in the numbers of fans who are allowed at these both indoor and outdoor venues. And, uh, you know, right now, the Phillies could have That's going to be a tricky uh, proposition for the Phillies. It'll be interesting to see how they work that out. Yeah, that's for sure. And try to try to keep a fair system uh, at that. You know, if you're talking a thousand people, that's uh, that's next to nothing in a big stadium like that. As um, some people pointed out, it's going to look like there's, <laughs> you know, just a handful of fans in the stands if. Uh, the cameras pan over to him, but it's a big change from last year when there was nobody allowed in the stands. Um, in the central part of the country, the Cleveland Indians, the uh, Cincinnati Reds, all aiming for um, 10,000 fans, about 30 percent, 25, 30 percent. Florida, 25 uh, percent they're looking for. And they, let's face it, they don't get a lot of fans down in Florida usually. So, Maybe that's your place you could go down and see a game once the season starts uh, if they go to something like that. Um, At the very least, Rich, it looks like it's my buddy here. Uh -huh. I don't know if you can see him, but this is my buddy right there in the middle. That's uh -huh. cardboard cutout, Matt Beasy. And I don't <laughs> think that he's going to see any game action this year. Right. So right. I think I have a chance. You know, Last year he saw, uh, I guess, a couple dozen games. This year, I think I'm going to out-attend out him. From social media, that a couple of the Phillies uh, beat per personnel were beat writers were putting out on social media. And they the, the 2,000 fans that are were in the ballpark today at Lakeland were pretty well spread out. So, you know, it's not like they're putting those 2,000 fans right on top of one another. And, and as you said, uh, Citizens Bank Park being a much larger facility, I'm sure they're going to spread them out. I, I would hope that they wouldn't stick people in the upper deck. You know, I would hope that the Phillies, once once they do start selling tickets, if it's only going to be, you know, 1,200, then 2,500, maybe 5,000 at some point fans who are allowed in the ballpark, you would hope that they would strategically place them around the first, you know, couple of decks and adjust prices accordingly to there should be some type of pandemic, I think, uh, some type of pandemic discount for the ticketing um, just for the fans having to go through that uh, idea of the possibility, you know, of uh, of coming down to the ballpark, you know, under these types of conditions, you know, where, where there's still slight risk. Yeah. Uh, are they going to put anything on, on the tickets? 
You know, is there going to be a disclaimer? You know, it used to be the old disclaimer of, you know, if you were hit by a ball or something like that. Well, now is there going to be like a, if you get COVID, it's not our fault. You chose to come down here. Exactly. That type of deal. Yeah. That's so a- you won't see me down there until I get vaccinated. But once I get vaccinated, you know, I'm not going to be concerned about going to the ballpark or anywhere else. So uh, it's game on then for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the minimum, free parking. That's always been one of my... Uh, beefs over the years how much the parking is it was what 19 dollars the last i remember it um ads not sure adds a bit of cash to the day at the end for you but uh, we'll have to see you know that's all part of the mix that we're going to have to experience when it starts uh in april april fool's day is the first day of the mlb season the regular season and will they have the piped in fans noise I'm, I'm sure they probably will still uh because you know a small smattering of people like that aren't going to be generating enough fan noise so to speak if you want to call it that so we'll probably hear that on the broadcast and uh, again I'll, I'll divert back to my other podcast they do the baseball talk radio show uh gary mack brought up the fact that one of the teams uh toronto blue jays has let their radio staff go. They won't be covering the games via the radio this year. They'll just simulcast the television broadcast on the radio slot. So no color commentary coming from radio uh, announcers this year for Toronto. They're they're putting them through the ringer, those poor Blue Jay fans. Yeah. And, you know, leads to a good question. Will they even be playing baseball in Toronto? at some point uh, that was you know one of the big issues last year where they had the uh, blue jays had to play their home games in buffalo uh, which was you know really an exaggerated hitters ballpark so uh, that's another issue that'll be interesting to see how they develop uh, over the course of the the coming weeks will the blue jays be playing in toronto uh, or will they have to go back to buffalo at least for part of the season the beginning of the season i I'd heard that the, the tentative plan might be that they're going to actually play regular season games at their spring training ballpark, which I believe is Dunedin. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's just a, uh, another interesting development. You know, uh, spring spring training facilities used for regular season MLB games. Uh, just an, another twist, you know, to this entire uh, covid mess that we've been dealing with for almost a year now uh it's funny you know maybe this time last year spring training was underway and people weren't really i don't think thinking about ending spring training and probably was probably about a week and a half from now maybe no more than two weeks from now all of a sudden everything can grind into a halt so uh it's been about a year now we've been dealing with this and we're still going to be dealing with you know the effects of it as far as fan participation uh, the players are still being tested regularly you're going to see this going on on some level into and through the 2021 season uh, and i think easing slowly uh, and exponentially as we move through the season uh hope with the hopes that by the time we get to the end of 2021 maybe the the very back uh, end of the 2021 season into the postseason uh, that we can have some regular baseball with normal baseball crowds by the fall and uh, hopefully 2022 a completely normal season 
I think that that's our most realistic uh, scenario. Yeah, that sounds so good, um, especially compared to this season and last season. Well, we really had to uh, buckle down, enjoy the games from home if you wanted to, watch television, that sort of thing, and stay under wraps and watch the games. But you brought up the fact that Toronto may be playing in Florida. That might be the best place for them to start off the season, certainly not in northern New York near Buffalo. That probably would be a, a, the worst part of the country to uh, to try to start their season. But that facility is so nice down there in Florida. I happened to stop by there last year when I um, went down to Florida. But uh, I'm just thinking about the little restaurants around there. They're, they're going to experience a nice little boom down there for an extended period of time uh, with uh, an attraction like the Blue Jays playing other teams. Um, so it's good for them, you know. Uh, it's a shame still. I'm sure uh, Canada's still shut down. And as you said, I wasn't aware that in Pennsylvania it was 2,500 still at the max. Um, but we're, we're at the end of February. we got another month of March. And maybe they'll up that a little bit, I think. Hopefully, knock on wood, that everything keeps going well, so to speak. I mean, we're still having a record uh, amount of COVID deaths and things like that, but um, I think it's made a turn uh, for the better, possibly. So we'll see. Yeah, and as you said, those communities down there in Florida, they could use a little bit of an economic boost after losing at least half of spring training last year, and they're going to take a hit this year or so. A place like Dunedin in that area, uh, getting a little boost from a couple of weeks of major league ball ball games uh, that'll be, you know, helpful to them. Yep. So uh, taking a look at the Phillies' um, forty-man roster here and um, depth charts and things like that for starting pitching, uh, it seemed like Joe Girardi. I saw an interview with him about you know the bullpen, the way it's been bolstered in the off season, uh, he's really bullish on the Phillies and, uh, I'm hoping it transcends to some success this year. Uh, we were talking about that in a couple podcasts that we've done already on the Phillies this year saying if they could have just fixed little areas here and there, we would have saw maybe a playoff team last year. Um, but uh, they certainly have the, the staff in line to do it this year. Uh, make the playoffs. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can do that. And I lost your audio. Not sure if it's me or. I think I got you back. There you go. Uh, yeah, we talked about it on the last podcast where the very obvious to any Philly fan who followed the team during the year, the bullpen cost them a playoff spot and probably cost them a battle for the the division crown last year they missed the playoffs on the final day of the season i mean had they won over tampa bay they'd have been in the playoffs so there's no doubt uh, that the bullpen which i believe gave up the second most runs uh in the league in all of mlb last year that was that was their main problem now this year i i think dombrowski's done his best to address that you got left-hander jose alvarado and right-hander archie bradley who came in you got guys like uh that, that they've added like sam coonrod uh, they have non-roster invitation guys who have 
MLB experience who I would be shocked if they didn't end up on the Phillies final roster. Guys like Brandon Kinsler and uh, Hector Rondon, uh, left hand that they signed right uh, just recently, Tony Watson. A guy who was one of the few pitchers who did well today, uh, Brian Mitchell, uh, threw a couple of nice innings today. So uh, Neftali Feliz, who used to be a a nice uh, shutdown closer and uh, has missed uh, time with injury over the last few years. Might be a long shot, but uh, if he's healthy, he can go back to uh, maybe start out at AAA and uh, prove himself as far as health-wise and results-wise, and he could help down the road. So. I think between the the definite additions that they've made to the roster and guys like Bradley and Alvarado and then the non-roster guys who I think are almost assuredly to me going to make it and guys like Kinsler and Rondon and Watson, uh, the Phillies. And, and then you still have guy a guy like Hector Neris who – uh, he, he's fine as long as you don't you know, count on him as far as putting pressure on him to be the closer every day. So the Phillies bullpen to me looks uh, extremely well positioned for a major improvement this year. And if they just go from the bottom of the pack to the middle of the pack, this is certainly a playoff contender. And if they go from the bottom of the pack to anywhere among say the top third of the league uh they're going to battle for a division crown uh, that's just you know assuming everybody stays healthy guys like harper and real muto and those those types of players stay healthy uh and your aaron nolan zach wheeler as long as the key players stay healthy for the bulk of the season uh, i see no reason why this shouldn't be a playoff team this year that sounds really good i'd love to see it fighting phil's taking on um Another team tomorrow, and uh, just we're going to hear a different team every day, just like Matt said, to start. Aaron Nola going tomorrow. Uh, Nova got lit up, as uh, you alluded to. 135 ERA for Ivan Nova on his first day. Uh, He can only get better from here, Um, but let's see what happens with that. Phillies uh, kicking off their... 2021 spring training season today so we thought we'd get a podcast out and i i recorded the podcast supposed to be streaming so hopefully somebody out there will be able to see that stream live and uh, matt before we wrap it up let's tell the folks where they can find us on the internet well i'm still writing at my website mattvz.com that's m-a-t-t-v-e-a-s ey.com at vz.com <clears throat> not writing there so much uh, anymore right now rich probably when the ball club gets going i'll be writing a little bit more but uh, every single day at philly's bell on twitter and on uh, i sure try to share a little bit on instagram but certainly very active on twitter at philly's bell uh, that's the best place for philly's fans to find me how uh, to find daily philly's updates on what's happening with today's ball club as well as uh, some important or interesting historical facts about the club uh so daily at phillies bell on twitter that's awesome and of course you can find the phillies talk podcast over at anchor.fm forward slash phillies and that's where you can find the show of course you can find us on apple 
Music now, Apple Podcasts is what they call themselves, uh, Google Podcasts, and you can hit subscribe to that, Stitcher, Spotify, those places you can find us as well. A few stats for us on the listeners out there, and um, I'll go to the screen. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everyone, and tuning in to the Phillies Talk Podcast. We'll talk to you again. Go Phils. Stay healthy, everyone.